All right, welcome to the Lakers Outsiders podcast. My name is Donnie McHenry, and for the second week in a row, I'm joined by my two pals. First, we got Chris Walton, a.k.a. Walt. Walt, how you doing there, buddy? I'm doing good, man. Just chilling out on this. It's today Monday, right? Yeah, today Monday. is Monday. Yes. Yeah, days run together, man, but just enjoying the Monday. How about y'all? <laughs> I'm doing good. I hope, I hope you weren't thinking it was like Tuesday or Wednesday or anything. Uh, well, if you're if you're listening to this, it's a Tuesday. Uh, Lakers season starts in a week. Uh, other than while, we also got Raj. Raj, how you doing? And uh, more importantly, are you are you mentally and physically ready for the season to open in one week? Very much so. I like us doing these podcasts because, like, we you know share a lot of messages and. Uh, stuff that uh, online that uh, through written form and I think it's fun to kind of hash these out in actual conversation so um, I'm glad to make these a little bit more common yeah absolutely definitely hoping we do more of these throughout the season like I said season starts in a week if you're listening to this today on this Tuesday which is just insane uh, perfect way to start um, who knows who the hell is going to be in the Lakers starting lineup in a week from now, we're still trying to figure it out. Um, Darvin Ham and the Lakers may have thrown a wrench into like our preconceived notions on what that starting lineup would be. Um, mm-hmm. It already had a bunch of variables going into it. Um, who would start around LeBron, AD, and Russ? Hell, at one point, we were still entertaining the idea of Russ coming off the bench. I think that idea is, is gone. But uh, that wrench I was talking about was Ham after Monday's practice saying that AD starting at the five is, quote, under heavy consideration, end quote. So mm-hmm. let's just start with that. And Raj, I'll go to you first. Are you starting to think AD will be starting at the five on October 18th against the Warriors? And how would you feel about that? I'm leaning towards that. And I think we're getting a lot of indicators, a lot of signs of that. And number one, I think it's because Thomas Bryant and Jones just have not separated themselves enough to warrant playing themselves playing over the more talented guards. Uh, so I feel like one of them might be um, taken out of the rotation. And then number two, I think if you watch like our games, we don't really run like a too big offense or too big defense anymore. Like it's not just uh, funneling everything to the paint like we did before. Um, it's more like keeping your guy in front of you. And then on offense, it's all space, all ball um, dribble handoffs, all pick and rolls maximizing space like Damian Jones runs to the corner like this is not a too big type of offense so and the two times Anthony Davis um uh, not after the first game the next two AD was supposed to start and he had the the back tightness he was supposed to start at center and then last night both centers played and I don't believe he played a minute of power forward if I have that right you guys can maybe correct me on that but I don't think I saw him play at all at power forward so I think it makes sense. It opens up a guard spot, guard wing, so you can kind of fill a couple more minutes um, to one of the guards. And, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with it. If AD's fine with it, he's kind of uh, been very public about being against being at center. But yeah. I think that's where we're leaning. I feel like he's going to uh, start at center finally. Yeah. Um, coming to the season, I coming to training camp, I guess, I couldn't see how on earth they'd – survive like throughout an entire season without Damian Jones and Thomas Bryant playing heavy minutes at the five. Mm-hmm. Not that I really like, you know, I think we've all come to the conclusion that AD playing at the five is when 
a LeBron James Lakers team is at its best. Yeah. But, you know, with no wings, like we've already talked about a thousand times at nauseum, like this team has no legitimate, you know, playoff level wings. I figured they'd make up that size deficiency with, you know, Jones or Bryant at the five at nearly all times with AD at the four. But after these preseason games and, you know, being surprisingly impressed by guys like Wenyan Gabriel, um, mm-hmm. Lonnie Walker, I thought Lonnie Walker's defense uh, on Sunday was pretty impressive. Just being impressed with them on defense, like I kind of get it now because they really do have the playmaking and the speed to be really elite on offense with AD at the five with like the guys that they have right now. Um, With that, you know, you've got five guys all over the floor who can catch the ball, attack a closeout, raise up for three, or simply just, you know, make the smart decision and keep the ball moving until the right guy does one of those things. So it's definitely getting me excited. I'm just surprised. I'm surprised it's happening and I'm surprised I feel great about it kind of, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, yeah, like you said, like finally, if this like happens and AD starts at the five opening night, you would have to assume Darvin Ham isn't going to stray away from that decision like quickly. So it'd mm-hmm. be like the first time that AD is truly like the starting center on the team ever since he got to LA. Like I think Vogel, I don't know. I can't really remember during the regular season, the championship season, if he did it at all? I know like in the in the playoff run it happened, obviously. It was one of our greatest mm-hmm. strengths. Um, next season, obviously super injured the entire time. I don't think it happened. And then last year, super injured again. Sadly, this is kind of we're kind of getting real <laughs> negative about AD now accidentally. But uh yeah, it would just be the first time where he's like consistently the Lakers starting center. Walt, um, how are you feeling about it? Are you feeling good, feeling meh, whatever we'll see. Do you think it's more of like a reflection of how well the team plays with him at the five or like what Raj was saying that like it's a reflection of how kind of poorly Jones and Brian have been so far? Yeah, I think it's like a little bit of everything. Um, even like looking around the league, I always thought like uh, AD, well, I respect his word to play center. But, like, looking at the competition around the league, like, I really didn't, on the other side, see, like, why he would be concerned about getting, like, a whole lot of wear and tear. Because most of the centers that we, we look at nowadays, more like finesse centers, no real bruisers, like Jokic, somewhat, you know, he'll take you down to the post and take you to task. But, like, Gobert, Kavon Looney, um, who else we got in the West? Who's, I don't even know who Dallas' center is. JaVale? Yeah, JaVale now. JaVale. JaVale. Um, and you got Aiden. Like, these aren't centers who, you know, if you put AD on them to start the game, that he should be really concerned with yeah. wearing his body down. So, I think, like, the effectiveness with him putting them at the five, like, you can't go wrong. And because they got that small, speedy – it's a small, speedy roster, it just makes sense. Um, and I think you can get the best out of your guards and kind of – you know, with the def- the defensive game plan, um, putting AD at the five, you can you can you know you won't put them at a disadvantage. Yeah, I'm in terms of defense. I was gonna say I'm a little worried about it because in my mind it was basically gonna be Jones or Bryant at the five. Obviously, mm-hmm. they're gonna be playing drop primarily on the defense, um, on the opponents pick and rolls. 
And then I was kind of seeing in the first preseason game that leaves AD as, you know, like the weak side back line defense, you know, if they get it past Jones um, or whatever like that, there's AD. Uh, So it worries me a little bit on the defensive end, but I guess we can kind of keep talking about it. I hadn't, and I foolishly just have not thought about this, even though this was going to be our opening topic, but who, who would you guys be having in that starting lineup? You know, we've been trying to figure out who are they going to be the two guys, you know, mm-hmm. with AD LeBron and Russ. Now we're not doing one. Now we're not doing a center. So now we got to kind of uh, recorrect what we were thinking. And like I said, I haven't thought about this, so I'm going to make you guys talk first. Who would you kind of, Raj, start with you. Who would you have starting with AD LeBron and Russ if AD's at the five? Yeah, it's really interesting because, uh, like, I've loved Wenyan Gabriel next to them. Like, I think he's, like, the perfect type. Who knows if he's good enough to kind of start there. But I think it allows you to cut. Like, I think both all of us thought that Wenyan might be cut, right? Wenyan Gabriel might be cut uh, from the sure. team. But he looks like that kind of bridge to be able to, like, put Thomas Bryant or Demon Jones on on the end of the bench. Like, he can uh, play that backup big next to AD. And you can kind of keep only one other center in the rotation, I think the starters last night kind of told me a lot how they're going to go about this. Um, Max Christie started, right? And I think JTA also started. Um, I think they just want like a high motor guy next to them. Uh, I could see either of those dudes and I could see them go and just Russ, Beverly and Reeves next to like LeBron and AD. I could see that as well. Um, and I think all that, all those guys are fine. Like I think Beverly and Reeves can play up to an extent. I trust them like, at the point of attack and in this type of defense where you're having guys chase over um, chase over screens. I like that. And then I think that's the way that they're going to kind of go about this is play like high motor dudes next to them. I just don't see Russ and none or Russ, none and like Walker. Like I don't see them going uh, with those type of dudes unless Walker defends well enough, which he's done so far, but I think they're just going to go with Beverly or Reeves or even like JTA. One of those three. What do you guys think? Yeah. Well, what do you think? Mm, it it does make it a little bit harder. Um, you got, of course, AD and LeBron be your fort, front court. Well, part of the front court. I don't know, man. I think Ham seems like flexible. Like he he not gonna be married to one lineup depending on who they're playing. Which mm-hmm. I, I never I never outside of the just the natural chemistry. I don't know why teams aren't like more fluid. Um, but let's say opening okay. night, I could it wouldn't surprise me if it was AD at the five, he start JTA mm-hmm. at the four, LeBron at the three, and then Austin and Russ. Austin and Russ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like I I really didn't think well. I guess I was doubtful with JTA in terms of like what kind of impact he can make on this team, but like it's absolutely a no brainer in my mind that he's going to be, if he's not starting, mm-hmm. like you said, he's going to be one of the first guys off the bench. Um, Cause he can play the four next to AD in my opinion. Um, he could play, you know, the three next to AD and LeBron for sure. And yeah, I don't really know. Uh, I thought it was interesting that Kendrick Nunn came off the bench last night or on Sunday. Yeah. Um, lit it up for sure. Been having just an insane preseason. But interesting that he would come off the bench. Uh, let's see. Lonnie Walker and Austin Reeves started in the backcourt. And then obviously Max Christie, like you said, and then JTA and AD. 
So mm-hmm. I feel like that kind of like tells something like, okay, I guess, you know, maybe Ham's going to have Kendrick Nunn be that, you know, off the bench offensive spark plug, maybe come in and, you know, relieve Russ of his duties, just um, do a quick <laughs> switch like that. And mm-hmm. yeah, I do kind of think like maybe Max Christie is like the Patrick Beverly representative, like of that group. So right. yeah, maybe it would be, you know, like you said, Raj, Beverly, Reeves, and then LeBron, Russ, and AD. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I do think JTA kind of has, like, uh, a claim to get in there. But, you know, <laughs> obviously it kind of seems like Russell Westbrook is starting. So, I don't know. Um, did you guys have any other further thoughts on AD at the five on offense or defense before we kind of move on? Well, I think, like... I think it's just Ham is really trying to emphasize number one spacing. Like I think that's been extremely clear that he's really um, been hard on that in training camp because you see dudes run and sprint to corners, sprint yeah. to wings. It's a breath of fresh air, honestly. But like you never, like you don't, you rarely see two bigs in the paint, right? It's a lot of driving kick basketball, and I think he's going to emphasize that, and that's why I think JTA could start. I just think he wants like athletes who can run, who can like change ends. Um, pretty quickly and JTA is kind of that swing man forward which who I think can fit well so um, like I think you know Ham saw one game of two big lineups and was like that's not my identity like I'm not I'm not <laughs> running uh, <laughs> I think he played Thomas Bryant and Damian Jones together in that first game too but um, yeah I just like like I think it's crazy to me we got no power forward minutes last night like just, it's pretty clear to me how he's going to uh, go forward so I'm I like it. I think it makes sense. LeBron's going to have more defensive re- responsibility, which maybe, you know, you lower his offensive load by putting him next to more ball handling guards, and then you can kind of uh, up his ask on that end. But I like it. I think, you know, if the bigs don't deserve to start, then they don't deserve to start. We don't need a nominal starting center um, to, to put there. Yeah. yeah, that's a very good point. Just about, you know, if they're not playing well, then – you don't yeah. get to, you don't get a guaranteed starting spot. I was kind of laughing yesterday looking back at uh, the announcement of Thomas Bryant getting signed. Chris Haynes was mm-hmm. the one that broke it, and he had that uh, connected report of like, you know, you know those reports of like, and he'll reportedly you know have a chance to compete for the starting center position. I don't I don't I don't know about that anymore. <laughs> that might have been that might have been true in uh, in July, but that is. Sure as hell, not true in October, because I think if any center's starting there, it's going to be Damian Jones, sadly. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And even going any further than that, this little development, I'm a little scared about Thomas Bryan getting any minutes uh, opening yeah. night. But we will see. Um, Lakers got a game on, what is it, Wednesday? So tomorrow night when you're listening to this. Um Seems like everyone's going to be a go for that game. So we'll see what kind of lineup they bring out. If AD's going to be starting at the five and then who he's got around him so we can get a better idea of what the opening night starting lineup will be. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that said, talk about the starting lineup a little bit. Let's talk about the opposite of that. The end of the bench, the end of the roster. Uh, only 15 guys can get on the roster plus two two-way guys. Please, please, one of you guys correct me if I'm wrong. I think I'm right. 15 guys and then two two-way spots. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now I looked at it and um, right now I'm penciling in Max Christie as the 14th guy. 
uh, all the other people that you can assume are obvious are above him as the other 13 people. So we got 14 spots filled. And then we've got yeah. Cole Swider and Scotty Pippen Jr. right now, our current two-way guys. So obviously, first off, most of the time, pretty much I, I think every single season so far since um, AD has joined, mm-hmm. we've kept an open roster spot going into the season. Um, and you know, they kind of do that for a potential buyout guy. Uh, another situation that's very, very, very pertinent for this team is what if we trade Russ for two players coming back, uh, (laughs) two players named Miles Turner and Buddy Heald, obviously, uh, need to have a spot open for them. Uh, but on Sunday, we got a new, new entrance to, uh, who the hell is going to make this roster in the form of Matt Ryan. Uh, I'm going to, I can't, I can't do the NFL joke anymore. It's just, it's just too obvious now. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw me on TikTok. I made a TikTok. Here, wait, here, wait, 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 wait. Raj, do you know who Matt Ryan is? So I have a question because I just thought of this right now. <laughs> is, is, wait, wait, is Matty Ice the football player's nickname? Or, I, or, yeah. I don't know if that's I, his legit I, nickname, but yes, people uh, oh, call yeah. him that. Yes, they call no, him Matty Ice. People call the football player yeah. Matty Ice. People yeah. call the football player Matty yeah. Ice, yeah. Okay, because I thought Matty Ice was Matt Ryan on our Laker team. So, like, I saw people calling <laughs> him that. And I just realized now from you saying, obviously, I've heard of Matt Ryan. Like, I've heard okay. of the name. Um, obviously, I don't really know much other than he's a quarterback in the NFL. Uh, but, yeah, I thought Matty Ice. I was like, that's a cool nickname. Like, Matty Ice for, like, a sharpshooter. But, but you're thinking, cool. you're thinking, how the hell did people come up with this this fast? <laughs> Yes, I was like, wow, this is incredible. I thought, I thought maybe because yeah, maybe in college he was given that name. Hey, I love it. That's so great. Hey, I love the idea of us having a Matty Ice on the team. Great nickname. Yeah, way way better than than uh, Matt Ryan or maybe if he could go to a longer version, Matthew Ryan. Uh, those are two extreme, two of the most boring names I feel like I've ever heard in my life. Um, but yeah, like I said, we've got some new competition for who's going to be at the end of the roster with him. Made mm-hmm. six of his nine three-point attempts. Only shots he took. Uh, made six of them, like I said. Some of them just coming off some crazy, crazy movement. Um, yeah. And then after the game, I don't know how it came up. I was looking for a video of this, and I couldn't find it. Uh, after the game, Darvin Ham said he may have earned himself a job uh yeah. from that game on sunday now i think i saw the kamensky brothers bring this up i didn't even consider it you know he could be talking about just a job in the league period which is probably true like if he's not going to end up on the lakers he's probably earned his way to at least a two-way with some nba team in the league with that performance um no matter if it was in a preseason game but for this let's let's just assume ham is talking about the roster or one of the two-way positions so while i'll let you kind of start we bang the table about this team needing more shooting all the time. It's caused us to talk ourselves into, you know, Cole Swider, uh, undrafted rookie getting into a roster just because he's the best shooter on a team, but he might have some competition for the best shooter on the team. So what do you think about Matt Ryan and his prospects of bumping him or Pippen out of the two-way spots or even getting maybe the 15th roster spot? I mean, I wouldn't mind if he get the 15, you can make it a non-guaranteed deal. Forgive me for not knowing, like, all the intricacies of how the, the deal situation work out. But, you know, you can put him on a contract where if you do happen to – somebody happen to shake free, like a wing or something, you want to bring him in, you can 
you know, wave them and do whatever it is you do after the fact. But yeah, that's shooting, man. You don't even hesitate. It ain't no hitching. Rod, I think you put it perfectly. He shoots like he's played in the NBA games before compared to yeah. Cole Swider, which I understand. He ain't even a rookie yet because he hasn't played much basketball on a pro level. So, but right. that, And that's how he looked, too, when he plays. And there's nothing wrong with it. He's mm-hmm. supposed to look like that. But, man, Matt Ryan be out there like, off the handoff, <laughs> I'm glad you asked. It's going up. <laughs> and um, he does a good job of, like, actually getting open. Um, and, like, just the movement in general. Like, you, you really don't see a lot of, like, undrafted – well, not undrafted, but players – well, you don't see a lot of undrafted players you just pluck, you know, out the street, have that kind of – Yeah. Um, that's a skill to be able to know how to use space and, and get open and, you know, make sure you get your feet set and all that good stuff. So, he, he – I'll I'll take him at the 15. What about you, Rod? Yeah, so it's funny. I just Googled Matt Ryan height, and I realized he's not the most famous Matt Ryan. So it came up as 6'4", and I was like, oh, no. (laughs) But then I typed in uh, Matt Ryan NBA height, and it was uh, 6'7". So I was like, oh, that makes a lot more sense. Um, Yeah, like, again, we always think about the Lakers, like, scouting department as, like, their draft picks, right, or people they – they put into summer league games but this is part of their scouting too right they're watching other players around the league they're watching guys who fall off of other teams uh matt ryan played for the boston celtics i'm not sure i don't remember how many games he played but he talked about it he's seen nba defense and he knows how quick he has to get his shot up he looks very comfortable um um, catching and shooting um uh, in any of our actions that we run and like i I thought cole swider should play honestly because he's a tall guy that can shoot and i think that's important I mean, to me, it doesn't matter which one of them play, but I hope he can kind of make the team. I think uh, – I know we love Scottie Pippen Jr., but I think, like, putting him in the G League spot and kind of giving him his two-way, I wouldn't be mad about that either. One quick fact about on Sunday, which I don't think a lot of people – I haven't seen this mentioned anywhere else. Matt Ryan was the second sub that night. So the first sub of the game mm-hmm. was Kendrick Nunn, who's obviously was going to play. It was Kendrick Nunn who came in for, uh, I believe, Lonnie Walker. Uh, And then Matt Ryan comes in for Austin Reeves, like six minutes left in the first, which, you know, you don't really see, I think, like too often. Like you're trying to build some kind of real game chemistry. And uh, so I think Darvin Ham knows what he has. And I, Donnie, I 100% think he was talking about the Lakers. I don't think Darvin Ham was saying, yeah, come pick up the shooter that we found. Um, Come and grab him up, (laughs) you know, so I... I doubt that he was talking about other teams in that, in that scenario. I'm, uh, I was pretty sure he was uh, talking about us. So, um, yeah, like if he continues to shoot like that. And this wasn't the first game where he hit shots. He's made some others in like garbage time. He's had some uh, some jumpers go in that have kind of uh, gone unnoticed because of the score. Uh, but, yeah, last night Ham put him in really early. Uh, and he got to play next to AD. He got to play next to Lonnie Walker. He got to play next to Kendrick Nunn, guys who are 100% going to be in the rotation. Austin Reeves. Um and he's a legit shooter, man. That form looks textbook. It reminds me of like Joe Harris's form a lot, like where it's uh, how he how he pulls up, how he has a quick release. And yeah, if he continues to hit shots, there's no reason he shouldn't be on the team. Six seven with a shot like that, those dudes make like MLE money if it's real, if like the shot is real. So that'd be another great find if if the shot's legit. 
Six foot seven, not six foot four. Uh, no. as as Google was trying to lead Raj astray. I'm, I'm Are quarterbacks actually, that short? Is that is that like the normal height for I a think quarterback? That's, like, that's, actually, that's like tall. yeah, that's like normal. That's like oh, that's tall. Yeah, you can get okay. you can walk into the NFL. If you walk into an NFL combine six four throwing a football, you make yourself a lot of money. Like there's so many yeah, quarterbacks. Really, I'll be brief. That Here, here's that's another here's got another. jobs just because they like six five. It's it's ridiculous. Here's oh, another. Really? Here's another pop quiz for Raj. You know, you know who Kyler Murray is. I've I've heard the name. He's a, here's uh, a hint. He's a quarterback. Yeah, I've I've heard the name. I just don't know what team he plays for. So. He play he plays for the Arizona Cardinals, and he is okay. what Walt like five ten five seven. No, he ain't that he's bad. Slight. I think he like five. I think he like five nine for real. It's he, a big time he, meme, Raj of. Talking about how short this guy is, because he is very short, and like it's a lot, a lot of big jokes good? of he's yeah he's good, but it's okay. big jokes of like he's got small hands or he can't see over his linemen stuff like that. A lot of jokes like that. Okay, um, wow. learning about yeah. the TV position. Nice. <laughs> Anyways, back to Matt Ryan, the NBA player. Um, yeah, he's just so insanely quick on his attempts. Uh, he had one. Yeah, that really stood out to me of his six makes on Sunday. It was one in the corner, and I can't remember who threw the skip pass. Skipped a pass to him in the corner. He had to jump up to keep it from going out of bounds. Had to jump up insanely high to get it to start. Already, like, an impressive play. Caught it at the top of his apex. Came down on his two feet and didn't need to move, didn't need to, like, move his feet back, move his hips into a certain position to get into shooting form. He hit the ground and immediately popped back up for just like a pristine looking jumper, like nothing like he was rushed or anything and uh, just swished it. I was, that was another thing. He was like swishing his shots on Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I, you know, I didn't really think it could get better on this team in terms of movement, three point shooting than it, did with Cole Swider, which is sad considering <laughs> I still had him uh, at the end of the bench at the end of rotation. But Matt Ryan showed me he might be the best best shooter on the team. And yeah, Raj, like you said, whether it's, you know, even if they kind of kept him or Swider or Pippen Jr. as the 15th man on the roster, like Walt, like you said, they could give him a deal that's non-guaranteed. It doesn't get guaranteed till January. I'm already... You know, we already got Wenyan Gabriel and I think even Austin Reeves. I think their contracts don't fully guarantee till January. I know Gabriel does. I don't know about Reeves' timetable, but I always thought Reeves' was not fully guaranteed yet. Obviously, we would hmm. we would hope that the Lakers would not. I mean, I'll check that right now, but I know Gabriel isn't. Um, yeah. And uh, so, you know, Gabriel and uh, Matt Ryan, if later down the road, we got to create some spots. Those two guys are easy guys that, that we can get rid of, especially if we're getting rid of them for a Pacers trade where Buddy Heald's coming back. You know, that kind of defeats the purpose of having Matt Ryan like at the end of your bench. So I think there's flexibility with it either way. We'll see. I'm not like 100% certain Matt Ryan's going to be a two-way guy or um, the 15th man. We'll see. But I think it's open now, which is crazy because I think I was kind of laughing about a guy named Matt Ryan on the Lakers about a week ago. <laughs> uh, really quickly, um, you're right, which is scary to read on this, that Austin I, Reeves I was going to say, is, I, saw, I saw your is, face. Uh, and I was like, 
Raj, I think he is guaranteed. I know it's going to break your heart to see it. No, he's he's non it's non guaranteed. It's fully guaranteed on January tenth. Um, which you know they should go ahead and just guarantee that. I mean, that, I'm not sure what like what are we <laughs> what are we doing here? Like, yeah, let's hey, not get put the- Austin Reeves in a uh in a situation where he has he feels like he's playing you know for a contract when he's like our fifth best player. Like, I just like that's a terrible situation uh to put for a player so yeah let's go ahead and uh and guarantee that it's a scary looking thing to see on the on no, the spot no track, chance uh, no chance raj you're getting you're getting uh you're getting Make a notification sweat, at 11 11 on january 9th maybe <laughs> nah here's what they're here here's okay i'll tell you what and here's a nice little transition to the next topic they'll probably right. give him they'll guarantee his contract now but they won't announce it until january 9th at eleven fifty nine. Okay. And with that, and with that, I'll do a little transition to talking a little Rob Polinka. There we go. You like that? You, you, that was you pretty get good. that transition yet? That was pretty good, right? Um, little full little full court <laughs> pass, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. Slam it through. Um all right, so yeah, lastly, uh it was announced on Saturday. The deal was not agreed to on Saturday. Uh announced on Saturday that Rob Polinka has been given a contract extension that will keep him as vice president of basketball operations with the Lakers through 2026. Uh, this puts his contract on the same timetable as Darvin Ham's contract. So both of their contracts will expire after the 2025, 26 season. Uh, a couple of interesting wrinkles before I ask you guys what you think. Uh, first, like I said, uh, in my very eloquent transition, they apparently agreed to this deal just before Darvin Ham was hired at the end of May, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. the end of May. Um, so they agreed to it then. Second, they obviously waited all the way until now to announce it to us. On Saturday, in the middle of a full slate of college football games, because, you know, if the Lakers don't know how to, you know, sustain a championship-level roster, they sure as well damn know how to release news at a time where no one no one's going to talk about it except us psychos who live and live and die with the lakers um oh man just love it like you know i, I didn't think it could get better than a friday afternoon's afternoon news dump but you know saturday afternoon news dump that really that really takes the cake so <laughs> with all that being said raj what was your what was your initial reaction to the news and like how are you kind of feeling about it now so I was shocked as like I guess the reaction to the news dropping. I, I honestly wasn't as shocked as most people. Um, I honestly thought, I mean, it's the same with coaches. Like if you don't extend them, it's kind of like firing them, right? Like to me, like if he's going in it with one year left, like uh, that's Frank Vogel. you're pretty like Frank Vogel, right? So if he's going to if Frank Vogel is coaching with a year left, Frank Vogel is already fired. He just happens to still be the coach at the time. <laughs> like I feel the same way about Rob Palinka. If he was, you know, not extended, then he was fired. So Genie could either fire him or extend him, and then you can still let him go a little bit later. Um, and I think you know I heard this point a couple times, and I think it's true. Rob Palinka is judged differently than how other GMs around the league are. Like I think Rob's job is to yeah. manage superstars and manage a relationship with a superstars agency and uh you know in in ways that other franchises just aren't and i think his job there that job description he's done that well like all our mle signs are clutch signings lebron james signed the two-year extension 
Um, like all those things kind of point towards his favor. So not in terms of like on the court stuff, but uh, just transactionally, I think like that's what Genie Bus was looking for and he's done his job there. So I wasn't as surprised. Four years is a little long. I mean, that's a lot longer than I guess I would have hoped. You know, you would like him to be, have his seat, you know, not hot, but maybe a little warmer than, you know, a four-year deal <laughs> would, would make that seat. Uh, but I wasn't as surprised as most people. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think, you know, Rob's going to – Rob got to choose the coach. He's making – his name is on the decisions. Whether or not he's making all of them is stuff that we'll probably never know. But uh, he's, <laughs> I think he's uh, – I think he's done the job that, you know, ownership has wanted him to do. And that's why I wasn't really shocked at him getting the extension. Walt, you uh, you want you want to go before me, or what are you thinking? Yeah, I let you close it out, man. All right, but yeah, yeah, I was I was surprised with the timing. I was surprised, uh, you know, given where they are with the state of the franchise right now and what's ahead of them. Um, but as you know, more people who seem to be close to the situation have been relaying is the way that they're looking at what Rob does is different than what fans are looking at. So. I mean, what can I say? I didn't think he would get an extension just, you know, based off of what's led us up to this point now. Um, but, you know, you got to take the – when you're talking about Rob Blinken, you got to talk about him with these things that we, you know, we, we stay in battle with and then these other things that he, you know, he's done good. And, um, I mean, it's, it's all – pen is on paper now is what we are. So he just has to, you know, now take the challenge and make sure he put him in a place that he and Jeannie continue to tell us that they were where they should be. So there's that. I think it just I think it actually just set into me that, that Rob Polinka is gonna be with the team guaranteed for at least what, two more seasons? You know, mm-hmm. maybe he maybe he starts getting what Raj was saying, you know, the lame duck sort of thing mm-hmm. in his final year, but I feel like it did just kind of set in with me that he's for sure going to be around for two more additional seasons. Um, yeah, I, I guess I'm not like, I'm not surprised about the extension itself. I'm kind of with you, Walt. Like, I'm surprised. I'm surprised it was agreed to before Ham was like officially hired, you know? It just seemed like, <laughs> you know, and I say that, and like now I'm about to say, like I don't think there was really ever any chance that Genie Bus was going to fire him, especially just with like the per- personal connection that they have, you know, via Kobe and working for years together with Kobe and stuff like that. Yeah, and you know, so like the partnership, I guess, continuing doesn't surprise me. It's just you know, this this seems like this seemed like an extension like okay like let's see how how things go this summer if we're kind of happy with the direction we're going okay cool right before the season we give you an extension you know align it with Darvin Ham I I mean I think that right there just on face value aligning the GM's contract with the coach's contract if they're on the same page from the get go that's good smart smart yeah. business but yeah it is just kind of surprising to that like none of the summer had any impact on like his job security, like nothing, not even, I mean, I'm sure they were probably pretty close to hiring ham at the time, but like not even like the head coaching hiring, like had any impact on his job security. Is that, is that kind of crazy Walt or Raj? 
that I mean, again, like I don't think he's judged on that. Like he's judged on the relationships that he's kind of kept strong, right? I mean, they got KCP in free agency, called him manna from heaven, right? Like he's like he's really started that early on. I have a question for you guys though, because I was having this conversation with someone else. Um, and if we just rewind a little bit, you don't have to even rewind that far. 2019, we wait for Kawhi. We don't get Kawhi. All right. We set in motion this plan B, right? We get Danny Green, uh, Alex Caruso. I think we re-signed that summer. You get JaVale McGee. We win the title. That summer, I think we win the title in October. The season starts again in December. I don't think any of these moves anyone disagreed with. You replaced JaVale. I believe JaVale left or something. I forgot how. And we got Marcus Saul. We gave our Emily to to Trez to kind of fill in for the regular season. It was universally universally pretty much accepted yeah. that Dennis that Dennis Schroeder, you know, for a first round pick and Danny Green was a legitimately good deal. I remember Zach Lowe went on his pod and say said ch- title teams don't really get a chance to get a 26, 27 year old guard um, who's mm-hmm. this good already. Like, it's really to me just the Russ deal. And the Caruso decision, which to me are intertwined, but if you think they're not, if someone thinks they're not, that's fine. But to me, it's those two deals have that have kind of extended to this season as well. Like the Russ deal last year can handicapped you for this summer. It's like it's really those two. And then if you want to blame Rob for the Russ deal, then I get. If you don't want to blame him for the Russ deal, then this extension is more than okay. Where you guys fall on that, I don't know what the question really is, but like, <laughs> it's like I I've, I've seen people call him the worst GM in the league and stuff like that. And like, go back one summer and there were go read all go watch all the videos. And I'm not saying first take and those are the most credible people, but there was stuff like Rob Palinka has um, lapped the competition, like he's lapped uh, all the GMs. Rob Palinka has you know just you know like those are the those are the actual conversations happening. A year later, the Russ deal happens, forces you to sign all these old minimum bets, and they every single one of those signings obviously went went wrong. Um, but like, or is that like giving him too much credit? I'm not trying to cape for him. I'm just like, go back, not even too far. It's it's <laughs> like the conversation has shifted to him becoming the worst person on the planet. When I don't think he's fully making the decision, I think it's a group effort. Which, if you listen to Jeannie Buss talk, she'll tell you that. So, like, I'm, uh, I'm, I don't know. Like, I don't, not as upset, I guess, as most people. Are you guys? Do you feel me on that, or am I just giving him too much credit? I feel you because I, I'm always. I mean, I, the, I talk about the bad, but then when you know, I, when I give Plinka credit, you know, I try to make sure I highlight it too. I did a whole article on it on LakersOutsider.com. I'll retweet it on my timeline so that way y'all could <laughs> read it. Um, but yeah, like clearly what becomes more apparent is that there's a lot of different opinions and yeah, Rob clearly has different opinions than people who are like saying, all right, no, this is the final decision. Judging by the whole Buddy Hill trade, um, judging by mm-hmm. the whole situation with the, you know, Miles Turner and everything and, all these other like little things that you keep hearing about with, or they were supposed to do this deal. And then this happened. Like it just reeks of, all right, I got, I I just talked to such and such and they said, we can do X, Y, Z. I just need the go ahead. Like you're about to ask your parents, Hey, come on. You know, you tell your parents, you can, yeah, man, get your clothes ready and, uh, and get your ride prepared. You can come spend the night. And then you have to call and ask your parents. It's seen, everything seems to stop like that. 
it's you know it's literally mean? like you you and your buddy as a child just like oh man like what if we just like what if we stayed over at at your place tonight and then we just did this you know we played video games till whatever oh we watch this movie we do this we play this game and then it's like oh man that'd be so fun oh oh yeah. wait i gotta i gotta go ask mom i gotta go ask dad oh no mm-hmm. and then they oh man the worst just them just putting a kaputz to your entire dream putting putting a kaputz to uh to kuzma and trez for buddy healed mm-hmm. yeah because clearly those moves and the relationship thing with lebron let's be real it's all about money it's all about money that's it shouldn't be that way but um that's clearly like the after you get over the basketball strategy of all this stuff, that's like the okay, we have to stop here. We can't do that because of the money. So that's it, man. Yeah. I, I mean, in regards to what in regards to what Raj was saying, uh a couple funny thoughts. One, I definitely remember going from the championship to the next season and how I think every single Lakers fan had a take of are we is this roster better than the championship roster? Like when we got Trez and Schroeder and like whatever. Which was a um, fair question. It wasn't it even was, like that wasn't was, crazy and, at the time. And Lord knows what the hell would have happened if LeBron didn't get hurt for so much time and if AD wasn't um, mm-hmm. on one leg uh, closing the season. But um, in ter- like, I mean, first of all, we definitely don't give him enough credit for, like you said, the resulting moves he made after Kawhi fell through in that season uh like you said javale dwight howard um you know i think they re-signed rajon rondo to a deal that summer i think they re-signed like you said caruso mm-hmm. to a deal that summer uh picking up mark eve morris on the buyout market that year just yes. like great move after great move after great move it all led to a championship um i still agree with the dennis Schroeder move what i don't enjoy about what Rob Palenka did with the Dennis Schroeder move is um, not extending him, honestly. Like, I think I think Harrison and the guys over at Silver Screen Roll have kind of talked about this. Like, what if, like, the Lakers did? Like, what if Schroeder accepted that extension? Well, yeah. one, that Russ deal probably isn't happening. And two, honestly, even if he would, at this point, be underplaying that contract by a mile, I think I'd rather, you know would have had Schroeder like the past couple mm-hmm. seasons or whatever. Uh, yeah, there's no defense for the Rust deal, obviously. But even even like, you know, who knows who the hell really wanted the Rust deal the most or at all, period. But I will say uh, he could not have signed just a worse group of people other than that that summer. Like comparing, like we haven't even played one regular season game and comparing the veteran minimum guys that we've got this year compared to last year, it's straight up night and day. But this this again where I goes to like where I go to and again if you want to blame Rob for this I'm totally fine with it but do you remember the videos that came out that summer? Carmelo Anthony went on a podcast and said LeBron signed him basically. He said mm-hmm. you're the GM. <laughs> like, this is from this these are Carmelo Anthony's words. You're the GM. I forgot. Like, about are you that. sure? Are you sure this is cool? He said yes. The DeAndre <laughs> Jordan signing. Rob Palinka telling Giant whether this was he knew it was on camera or not. I'm not sure, but he's like. Anthony Davis texted me saying thank you because I won't have to play center. Thank you for signing DeAndre Jordan. And and um, and don't forget the summer Kyrie also called LeBron the GM. <laughs> right. Um, like Ken Bazemore, like I think that's that was still an okay signing. I, don't, I think Bazemore had the absolute worst outcome 
Like, if you do that season 100 times, I think Ken Bazemore had, like, the worst outcome that you could have had. Um, and obviously Dwight Howard aged, like, five years in one season. Like, I, like a lot yeah, of those moves, yeah. like, again, like, again, Carmelo. Yeah, Anthony it's like hand-tied moves. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and, like, that rust deal is so just, like, so damaging to a franchise where – you really shouldn't have a chance on Miles Turner, Buddy Heald. Like that's just, that usually doesn't happen one season after you make such a detrimental move like that. You lose three rotation players, and I think we've talked about this a lot. You lose the salary spot in Trez, whether you like him as a player or not, and you're just hamstrung. You're signing minimum deals, minimum deals. So, again, this is not to cape for Rob Palinka. It's just like I'm just trying to use a little bit of like you know. It's, I don't think he's the worst GM no. in the league. Right. Yeah, I think he's just in the worst situation than a GM could ask to be with. He he's uh, he's in the worst situation of like mm -hmm. optics. Yeah, right. Because it's like if I if I don't do what LeBron says, now I have to deal with (laughs) that. And again, you got to meet people where they are. I don't care what people say about well, LeBron not a GM. Come on, man. Come on now. We For know sure. who will power For around sure. that way. And then you got to deal with, you know, when Jeannie says no, she means Le- no. LeBron, LeBron's, she the, go LeBron's, the, LeBron's the GM, the MVP, and the commissioner. Yeah. <laughs> At all times, See, like, 24-7. I don't think it's all, like, all the time bad, though. Like, people yeah, always use yeah, that in negative yeah, context. Yeah, 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 like, I don't think so either. LeBron's earned, like, 99% yeah, of the power that he has over the franchise right and remember when we signed russ what was the story that came out it was the dinner that happened right on some rooftop or somewhere <laughs> Rapalinka wasn't at that dinner like you know like that was lebron ad and russ agreeing to play with each other um and then obviously the Rapalinka handling the contract situations of it but like that's where i'm at like i i really don't know you can ask 50 people who traded for us and they'll give you five different people like they'll give you five different people to blame for it so hey, Plinka yeah. wasn't a one wasn't at that dinner night but he was he was like the one that like called in the reservation like he called it <laughs> he called in the reservation but then he was like all right yeah like and he like he yelled out to lebron like oh i'm coming to this dinner right and he's like no nah, rob just, nah, just three <laughs> table table just three please three. just pay the tab yeah. pay the tab table, then table three all right make it four. Oh, does that mean i'm coming no nah, that's just for rich that's for rich paul that's not for you rob i'm sorry <laughs> I I'm do sorry. got one one more thing to say though, um, on the whole, I guess the negative side of him getting the extension. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that when Vogel got wind of that, he was probably like, "What? What of it, man? <laughs> what?" Because that's <laughs> at the end of the day, the decisions of both Rob Palinka, Genie Bus, and the influence of LeBron cost him his job on top of some things that he didn't do that he could have done better, but largely because of, you know, what they put on his plate and he basically had to, and I guess this is just a part of the business. He had to wear the scarlet letter. He has to have his name dragged through the mud. Um, You know, when Darvin Ham makes simple adjustments, which hey, Vogel, Oh my God. Devontae, (laughs) I just put somebody down. Um, (laughs) Did you see that? I'm sorry. That's what I was. That's, I, don't know I was like, my, wow, uh, hey, I might even cut this out, but I was looking up. That's what I was looking up at. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> yeah, you saw my face. I couldn't believe it. Jesus, I'm over here looking at NBA.com, and you guys are, you know, watching football on the side. <laughs> <laughs> the beauty of October, baby. 
But yeah, man. Yeah, um, yeah, he 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 has to go through like this when Darvin Ham makes these simple adjustments that he didn't make. You know, he has to be the he basically has to wear the blame of all of this stuff. While people are getting extensions, people are going to do uh, interviews and saying you know yeah. all of these colorful things. And still, like, kind of throwing him under the bus because, you know, Jeannie even was like, you know, when they basically said, well, y'all really didn't do much to change the team in terms of making them a contender. And she was like, well, we added Darby Ham. Basically saying, well, we got rid yeah. of that bum Frank Vogel. It just, it's so <laughs> yeah, funny. Yeah, we, we, we got rid of the guy who, like, won our you know, only championship yeah. since 2010. That's all. Um, my, la- my last little... My personal last little point on it is, uh, like, I think it's just kind of, I feel like it's, like, disingenuous at this point moving forward to isolate it, isolate any decision and put the blame squarely on Palenka and solely Palenka. Mm-hmm. Like, like yeah. you said, Raj, like, Jeannie, anytime Jeannie talks about any sort of decision making, they're talking about, she uses the word collaborative. Like, it's collaborative effort. You know, you see these all these names pop up for these coaching searches. You know, Kurt Rambis, Joey Jesse Bus, or Joey and Jesse Bus, Rapalinka, Jeannie Bus. Uh, like you know, she may say like you know, Rob Palinka's handling the basketball decisions, but I mean, she's like she said it with her own words that she's made the final decision on certain uh, trades. She yeah. said it about the AD trade. Um, I'm sure she had some sort of final decision on the rush trade as well as decision not to do the rush trade this summer. And I'm sure Kurt Rambis had input too. And I'm sure the other bus brothers did too. So like, yeah, you know, there's no other, there's no other GM job in the league like this. And I think it's completely unfair to put the square, put the blame solely on Palenka. Like if you're not like, I think, like I said, I think if you're moving forward, if you're not just evaluating them as just one single entity of the Lakers front office, you're crazy. And I guess it is kind of nice that in, you know, in retrospect, talk about it that way. I guess it is nice. Like, you know, Rob Plinka wasn't fired or something and, you know, chosen as the scapegoat goat, just as Frank Ogle was chosen as scapegoat, you know? Yeah, it's sad that every like positive, you know, coaching thing we post, it's some kind of it gets directed indirectly to like negative negativity on Frank Vogel. Hate it. Like Frank Vogel didn't tell Russell Westbrook to play defense last season. Like, come on, like that. Obviously, I hate Frank it. Vogel- the only the only thing I think you can hold against Vogel at this point in regards to comparing him and Ham is uh, the spacing on offense because I don't I don't think Ham's working with much better shooters. Yeah, no, Vogel did for sure. Like Vogel wasn't some great. Yeah, he wasn't some extremely great offensive coach. But I mean, like the fact, the idea that he wasn't super detail. Like he was known for his being detail oriented, like being super prepared. That was like stuff that was on his list of stuff that people talked about him for. There was that story acting acting like he didn't try and get Russell Westbrook to play defense is ludicrous. (laughs) Yeah, or like he didn't try every lineup possible last year. Like you know, like there weren't political parts that were that were hurting his thing um last thing on palinka if you remember when magic quit um the day he quit the story came out that like genie bus rob palinka were i believe huddled somewhere 
in shock and belitter, uh, bewilderment about what happened. So, like, that's just, like, giving you the backdrop. You have the Hulu documentary that kind of tells you where this, kind of where Genie's at with these type of decisions. Um, but, yeah, I'm not shocked at that. I'm sad that Frank Vogel just gets, you know, thrown to the to the fire. Like, it's, there's no other franchise that's really in bed with an agency like this, I don't think. And it's not always bad. It's just, like, what it is. Championship head coaches don't get let go after one bad season. Like that's not a normal thing that happens, and somehow that's been just accepted as like the correct decision. Um, so I I don't know. I'm, I'm I was higher on Frank Vogel. I think I could I believe the consensus was, but uh, yeah, it's sad that like Darvin Ham's going to get a roster that has way more space, athleticism that can run the floor, gets a bot in Russell Westbrook and is going to be not that he doesn't deserve credit but it's going to just uh, tarnish frank vogel getting us one seed team and then going 16 and what five in the playoffs like that there's no bad head coach doing that like i don't know that here's my here's what we can close on a funny little thought i just had how how mad do you think frank vogel's gonna be at home (laughs) if he sees a russell westbrook for miles turner and buddy Heald trade go through like you're telling me you're telling me I could have orchestrated a defense with Miles Turner and Anthony Davis. I get to I get to play two elite defensive bigs, and no one gets to yell at me because it's the right thing to do. This is BS. And then you got Buddy Heald. I don't have to worry about the offense. This is nonsense. Just, yeah, I just thought about just thought about that this, sad thought. He gave you a taste on. Uh, I was gonna say opening night, closing night, the last night when they asked him about how he got fired via Twitter. First time I heard Frank get get animated like that, man. Yeah, I was gonna say first time I think I've like heard him cuss, or at least yeah, like I don't know. Like if I think if he had any if he had cussed before, like it might have been like in a positive way. Like I don't know, like that guy's whooping ass or like something something <laughs> cheesy like that. Um, well, let's. I hope I really, really hope Frank Vogel gets a job again. I love I love these little conversations, these big picture conversations about like Rob Palinka or like the clutch mm-hmm. of it all or Genie Bus, because then it just gets to us just like lamenting over like how yeah. this is all how this is all played out. But I don't know. I, I I think you guys are feeling the same way. I'm feeling a little bit better. Feeling a little bit yeah. better about things. I'm like yeah. extru- like the most cautiously optimistic you can be, like extreme on the cautious part not on the optimistic part oh man but we'll see um like i said uh regular season opens in one week from the day if you're listening to this uh we should have another episode of this pod before the season starts uh but for this one that'll go ahead and do it for us my name is donnie McHenry. joined again in this episode by Walt and Raj, and we'll see you guys next week for the final podcast before the season starts. See you guys. Peace out. Peace.